The word today is impossible. Impossible. When you think about the word impossible, how do you feel? Do you start to break out in a sweat? Do you, do you start to you know, start thinking about that situation that you're dealing with right now? Because we are all faced with the impossibilities of life. We are all faced with situations that seem impossible. What does it mean? Not able to occur, exist, or be done. Very difficult to deal with. When you are faced with the impossibilities of life, how do you respond? How do you respond? Why talk about impossible when it's impossible? (laughs) Why even talk about it when it's impossible? And this is what I love about a quote by Nelson Mandela. It says this, It always seems impossible until it's done. Whoa. It always seems impossible until it's done. You know, I love the local church. I love gathering on Sundays. You know, I love sitting with people during the week. And, and you can ask anyone that's, that's around me, man. I love asking people, you know, what, what's God done in your life recently? What's God doing in your life right now? What, what are you reading right now? What's God speaking to you about right now? Because I, I love to hear about the stories of God's faithfulness and His goodness. I love hearing what God's doing. I love the, the, the power of, of God in pe- moving in people's lives. Why? Because I believe in the power of a testimony. I believe that it is so important as the body of believers that we share about what God's doing in our world. Why? Because there is someone in this room that is currently facing an impossible situation. And what I know about God and what I know about His church and His people is that if you hang around long enough, you will meet somebody that has been through a very similar situation to you. And guess what? They survived. They got through it. They didn't fall apart. They might have a little less hair on their head than they did before they got through that situation. But they survived and they got through it. And I love that when we share who God is and what He can do with others, what was impossible to you has been made possible to somebody else. But it goes so much more than that. It says in the Word of God that it says in Matthew 19, 26, in the Amplified, and I love it because I love rock and roll. Anything Amplified is awesome. But Jesus looked at them and said, with people, as far as it depends on them, as far as it depends on you and me, it is impossible. But, B-U-N-T, one T. With God, let's say this together and let's say it with some conviction, all things are possible. All things are possible. With God, what does that say? It's not up to me. I have a part to play, but it's God who brings the breakthrough. You know, I think about, um, I don't know if anyone remembers that TV show, Beyond 2000. Awesome. I'm not alone. I turn 40 next year. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Botox. I'm ready for... I'm ready for my physical. I'm ready. I'm, I'm already, I'm prepared. I'm ready to go, man. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to 40. 
But I, I loved as a kid watching this show Beyond 2000. You would hear these stories and these dreams and all this stuff that was impossible. And now we're literally walking in it today. I think about the Tesla. Tesla, their incredible vision about emissions and, and that they want everybody to drive an electric car by certain, you know, I mean, that's their, they get all petrol and all this sort of stuff and gas and it's just crazy. But like, I just think that, that 30 years ago, if you said we would be driving around in fully electric cars, what would you think? It's impossible. How can that happen? But man, we've got trucks, we've got SpaceX, we've got all these crazy things because someone dared to challenge the impossible. When is the last time that you faced what felt like an insurmountable task, goals, or circumstance? How did you respond? Did you turn to your phone? Did you turn to you? Did you turn to your friends? Or did you turn to the throne? Did you turn to Jesus? Did you invite God into the situation? I mean, I think about marathons. You know, some of you, I just said marathons. It's like your heart skipped a beat. It's like, what? Exercise? I'm like, crazy. But there, there is something crazy. People actually run these marathons with 42 kilometers. That's a marathon. It's a full marathon, 42 kilometers. It takes the average person about four to five hours to complete one. All right? It's crazy. It's insane. Putting your body through something so incredible. And what, to, what seems to be, for some of us, impossible. But there's this thing that happens, right? It's the title of my message, right? That around the, the 25 to 30 kilometer mark, runners hit this thing called hitting the wall. Hitting the wall. That they actually start to physically feel like their body is shutting down. In general, hitting the wall means this. Referred to depleting your stored glycogen and the feelings of fatigue and negativity that typically accompany it. So glycogen, it's a, it's a carbohydrate. It surrounds our, our muscles and our liver throughout our body. And when you're exercising, it's the easiest reserve that your body goes to in order to help you to keep momentum, to keep your energy levels up. But what happens is, is that when you start to have depleting glycogen, that your body starts to feel fatigue. And when your body feels fatigue, then you start to think that you're tired that you start to give up, that you start to pull back. When you run low on glycogen, even your brain wants to shut down the activity as a preservation method, which leads to negative thinking that comes along with hitting the wall. However, the proper training can assist, and then when you hit the wall, that you understand that when it's coming, what you can do. That you can actually train your body that when your body starts to feel like it's fatigued, that it's tired, that it's frustrated, that it's in its fear factor, that you can train yourself to think, okay, that's all right. I, I know this is a feeling, but I'm not going to physically hit the wall. So you can take the right carbohydrates, take the right supplements that can assist and aid in reaching the goal. But hitting the wall isn't something that we need to fear dread, or avoid, unless it's race day, of course. It's understanding that you're not alone, it isn't final, and it's an opportunity to trust God. So what's an, an example of hitting the wall? Or the title of my message is Hitting the Impossible. In Joshua 5, we're going to read a story about one of, the, one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. is the, the walls of Jericho. We know it well. But today, we're just going to unpack that because how, as Christians, can we respond when we hit the impossible? 
What can we do? So let's go there right now. So in Joshua 5, it says this. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell to his feet, fell to his face, to the ground in reverence. I am your command. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. I want to pause there because here we are, Joshua leading a great army. He is about to hit a well-known city, Jericho, which is renowned for having impenetrable walls. That this is a city that will not be conquered. Okay, They've built something that is impossible to be. But I love this. And this is what I want to declare right now. And to, to many of you, I felt like as we were praying for these prayer requests, where people believing for impossible situations for God to move, God is still near. Yes. That even in the middle of this situation, he's about to hit the impossible. God is still with Joshua. He is still with his people. And just as God is with his people, he is with you today that He will never leave you or forsake you, that His promises are forevermore. And so he, I just want to declare that God needs to be our first priority. He needs to be our first priority, that when we hit the impossible, come on, let's invite God into the mix. Joshua 6, if we keep reading, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. I, just, man, I think it's pretty funny. This is a city that can't be conquered, but they're scared. Can, you, can we just take a moment and just put, rea- put fear in its place? Let's just have a reality check, a Christ-centered check about your situation right now that even though it seems impossible, you've already got the victory. That God's promised it. He's already declared it. As we read on, it says, No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, The Lord said to Israel, The, God, the Lord said to Inspire Church, I have given you Jericho. I've given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn on the seventh day. Man, can we just get a ram's horn and worship next time? Might be a little bit strange. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you will march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one last blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people will charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the covenant of the, Lord, uh, the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then, <clears throat> then he gave orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark. With the priests continually blowing the horns, do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was, carrying, was carried around the, around the town once that day 
and then everyone returned and spent the night in camp. This, as we read in verse 14, they repeated this exercise for six days. For six days, they walked around the walls of Jericho. They understand that, that as they were walking around the walls of Jericho, they could see that at certain points, the wall was up to two meters thick. At some points, it was over five meters high, surrounded by the wall was a ditch. It was about eight meters wide and nine feet deep. It was made of solid brick, and it was a, a circumference or, a, or a, the size of approximately two and a half hectares, which is about five acres, which is probably similar to Inspire Church. If you were to walk the boundary lines of Inspire Church before Sunday, you would probably feel a little bit, a little bit like what these warriors were doing that day. Israel had gone all this way, and I love this, all this way only to be stopped at Jericho. I can't imagine how many goals haven't been reached in this room. Dreams never accomplished. Tasks never started. Only to come all this way to be stopped at Jericho. What wall are you facing today? What's your Jericho at the moment? I think about these warriors. For six days, they walked around. They knew what the walls of Jericho looked like. They were very familiar with the walls of Jericho. The bricks, the height, the ditch. I think there was many people that looked at that and went, how are we going to do this? Hitting the impossible. But I love this. In verse 15, this is where God's promise is fulfilled. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at the dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. Just as we had prayed before. Just, had, just as I wrote out a card before. Believe God to move before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests surrounded, sounded the, la- the long blast of the horns. Joshua commanded the people, shout for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, 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 the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared for they, for she protected our spies. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into this treasury. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, suddenly. Oh, Jesus, I love the suddenlies. I love the suddenlies. Of God. The walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and they captured it. God's promise fulfilled, hitting the impossible. You know, I love that they charged in. I love that they didn't hesitate, but they charged in. That as they marched around the walls seven times, seven times, worshiping God thinking about what God's going to do. I think that, you know, for fun, there was definitely some people in the crowd that had their doubts. Had their doubts that God was going to move. 
Like, you know what I mean? I think about a Sunday, right? Let's be real. We're family. It's okay. We're in worship. I don't feel like being here today. I've been here before. I've been in worship before. Everyone's raising their hands. All right, I'll raise my hands too. But you know what, God? I don't have any expectation that you're really going to move because my situation just seems too big. But you know what? Everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it anyway. I reckon those people in the crowd that were looking at the walls as they're shouting, they're just like, yeah, all right. Ah. But then suddenly, suddenly, the walls started coming down. We all got that guy. We all got that guy. Man, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Then he makes it. <laughs> I knew he was going to make it. I told you guys. Didn't I tell you? I told you he was going to make it. I knew he was going to make it. We've all been there. That's okay. It's okay. We're human. Hitting the impossible. But this is what I love. They charged. Why? Because they'd seen God do it before. That's why it's important to share what God is doing. That's why it's important that we not only share in the prayer requests, but we celebrate in the praise report. Because of what Israel had seen, they were able to charge into the impossible. They were able to hit the impossible. Why? Because they had seen rivers part, seas divide, food from the sky, water come out of a rock, a victory, a victorious battle where the sun had not gone down for three days just so they, they could win a battle. They knew that things were going to get uncomfortable before the victory. They had to trust God. What was their part to play? Take action, stay the course. So what can we do? What can we do when we are hit with the impossible? Well, I think the first thing we need to do when we're hit with the impossible is continue to remember the wins. Remember the wins. I think it's crazy. We forget so often the wins of life. But we remember, hang on, we remember the negative ones, don't we? We remember the embarrassing moment. We remember when God didn't seem to have come through then. Why? Because we're human. That, that it says that psychologists say that the reason why we remember the negative things in life over the winds of life is because there is an emotional attachment. Okay, memory recall. Okay, memory recall. We attach it. We can remember those, those situations. If I said to you right now, what was your most embarrassing situation that you've had? All right? You would probably, there's, there's probably no timeline on it. There's no time gap on it. You can remember something from 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Five minutes, like it's really easy to do that because there is an emotional attachment to that moment. So as Christians, we need to get start to get in a ritual. We need to start start get better at attaching emotional charge to our wins. How do we do that? Man, we praise God. Big and small. When God comes through in our world, we need to stop just like Joshua and praise God. Like, like, like crazy praise. Not just, not just the, you know, I mean, hold the, hold the Macca's tray while we're in worship. But I mean, get our arms up in heaven and start saying, God, I need, I'm so glad that you moved in my world. And I don't want to forget this moment because I know that more impossible situations going to happen. But I'm going to choose right now to praise your name. Amen. Man, my wife and I, we've got a prayer and praise journal. When we, uh, man, I get emotional when I think about this. Man, we we got a, a, a journal. It's like we write down the things that we need, but we're not we're not stuck there. Like we like often, I find as Christians, we're we're so good, and we said it in worship today. We're, it's so easy to praise God when things are going good. But how do we praise God when petrol prices, are, you know, are going the way that they're going, <laughs> or interest rates are going up? 
and I've just taken out a loan and I've just invested or I've done something, but it's like, man, God, like, I need your help. It's easy to seek the hand of God when God doesn't require us to do that, but he calls us to seek his face, to seek his face. That's why we've got to remember the winds of life. That's why we've got to celebrate the winds of life, the power of a testimony. Well, I'm new to church. I've never been here before. That's okay. That's cool. I've got a prayer and praise journal right here for you. It's called the Bible. And in here, there is endless stories of God's faithfulness, His answer to prayer, His, His, uh, His joy and what He can do if we are prepared to trust Him. Prepared to trust Him. The Israelites, they'd seen God move before. They, removed, they remained mobile with an immovable situation. Why? Because they'd seen God move. They remembered the winds. The second thing that as a church that we can do when hitting the impossible is we need to continue to take... When hitting the impossible, remember it takes time in the right direction. Time in the right direction. What does that mean? It says an action that increases the possibility of success. Increase your possibility of success. What can you do today to increase your possibility for success? I can't tell you how many times as a teenager I got on the wrong bus. I, from my house, it was about 50 minutes to get from school and then return trip, right? And so there was like a a bus exchange that I had to to take. And so often I would get on the wrong bus when I did that. And I'd get on there and then instead of that, as straight as the the bus would leave the depot, it would turn left. And I knew that the bus was supposed to go right. Right? And so straight away I'd get up and I'd run to the front. I was like, I've got to get off on the wrong bus, right? Now I did this so many times that when I got on the bus at the bus depot, right, that they would say, wrong bus. <laughs> uh, wrong bus, buddy. Son, you're on the wrong bus. Right? And I'd be like, yeah, cool, cool. He's like, no, it's the next one up, 527. It's the bus in front of me. Thank you. No worries, right? Keep following on. Time in the right direction. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we're not going... Sometimes we're going in the right direction, but we, for one reason or another, get distracted, unfocused, whatever, hit the impossible, and we start to make the wrong decisions. But it comes to this. How many people do you know that achieved what seemed impossible? What seemed impossible? That person that's reached their weight goal, that they've had a body transformation. Come on, we're in, we're in winter. Summer bodies are built in winter. Is that what they say? They're all gyms right now. Huh? Free sign-ups, free, free membership joining fees and all that sort of stuff. Sorry to all my gym buddies. You know, I, mean, you know, I love going to the gym. I've got, I've got great friends that own gyms and all that sort of stuff. But the body transformation, they got there. They reached the impossible. Why? They took time in the right direction. I'm never going to be able to pay off my mortgage. Man, it's too big. Yes, you will. Because someone else has done it. It's about making good choices, Christ-centered decisions, time in the right direction. We're about to have a men's breakfast. We go for Christ, we leave with cholesterol. People have beat cholesterol. Why? Time in the right direction. But you still go to the men's breakfast because Christ covers all cholesterol 
issues. <laughs> little by little, making Christ-centered choices. I love that God gives us the direction in all things. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, man, come on, we know this verse. And I was trying to be really smart. and I was trying to find a better verse. But simply, man, I, I'm sorry. It's so elementary. God does not complicate the process. He makes it easy. He gives us His Word. It says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you the right path to take. He guides our steps, each little step. Our step, by faith. Love that song. Before the Israelites saw their victory, they saw it. They didn't have to walk on the seventh day. They didn't give up on day six. That they kept on going. Same routine, same wall, same song. Watch this. Same job, same Sunday service, same prayer. No, they just kept showing up. They just kept taking the right steps in the right direction. And eventually, God's promise was fulfilled. But, yeah, man, I know so many Christians that gave up on day six. Gave up on day six. Just before they were about to reach their breakthrough. They gave up. That's why as Christians, we've got to get together every Sunday and encourage ourselves in the Lord so that we don't give up on day six, that we should be honest and open with our Christian brothers and sisters and say, man, I'm not feeling it, man. I'm trusting God in this situation, but I just don't feel like God's coming through. Hey, listen, you will. Let's have an eyeball to eyeball conversation. Let's have a me, my church, my world conversation and start to encourage those around us. Well, I made a mistake. I gave up. That's okay. Because it says this, that when we hit the wall in, in the Amplified Bible version, trust in and rely confidently on the law with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. And here's the answer. Even when we choose to get off course, even when we choose to make mistakes, it says this, in all your ways, know and acknowledge, submit and recognize Him. In other words, stop, stop. Yep, you're making a bad decision. Okay, stop, stop. Turn, submit. All right, God, you're in control. I choose to follow you. I know, simple, crazy. Don't give up on day six. It always seems impossible until it's done. So what are we going to do as a church? When impossible things become possible, we need to... In, uh, when impossible things seem impossible, we need to remember it takes time in the right direction and continue to remember the wins. Amen.